So today is the 17th of November, 2020. It's a Tuesday. We come together to practice uh, meditation, to train our minds in collectedness. And this training of the mind is something that's very important. It's the nature of humans and animals that once we're born, we uh, need to train our minds to improve, to become better. Whether it's the mind of a human or the mind of an animal, the mind uh, has a similar tendency to feel fear. But for the animal, the, the fear is a very strong characteristic of the animal realm. It's a realm characterized by, by fear. And there is a constant searching, searching for freedom from fear, searching for safety, uh, even certain searching for food as well in the animal realm. Although animals are sometimes uh, better than humans in various ways. For instance, some animals hear much better than humans, uh, hear sounds uh, more clearly or hear sounds in a different range. Or for instance, the sense of smell of a dog would be better than that of a human. Or the sight of a bird of prey would be better than a human as well. And this is, uh, this is simply nature. And humans and animals have the same uh, tendency to feel strong fear. Although for humans we may wonder what are we really afraid of. We may not even know what we're afraid of. But deep down it's the fear of death. So for humans, if they don't develop their minds to improve, then the mind can be not any different than that of an animal. This is called a, a butogena, someone with uh, thick defilements. So one may think here and there, and one's behavior of body, speech, and mind are not under any uh, control. This is someone with thick chelases, and someone like this is even scarier than an animal. We can look at the example of a tiger. If a tiger is hungry, it'll seek out food, and the tiger will kill various animals for its food. However, a tiger will tend to kill uh, just what it needs to eat. It won't kill uh, that many. However, if a human has a, a problem with its brain, then, and if it just follows its feelings, then a human can kill very, very many people. This is uh, even scarier than an animal. We can look at World War I and World War II. And this is, these were uh, aspects of history that were about people without uh, quality or good qualities in their heart or with uh, without yeah, a certain level of quality in their hearts and many millions of people died in these wars and we can see if that if there is a world war three this would be even worse uh, because of the weapons that are available in the world today 
are capable of destroying the earth uh, many times over to seven times over. So as humans, humans are able to train their minds. And for animals, we can look at the example of elephants, uh, horses and dogs. They're also capable of being trained. For instance, dogs can be trained to seek out and detect uh, various kinds of drugs. So for humans, they should train their minds, train their minds to improve, to become better, to see the drawbacks in not training the mind and to see the benefits of training the mind. For instance, to see the drawbacks of having no patient endurance. If there's no patient endurance with one's moods and one just follows one's moods, this leads to chaos and confusion. So for a human to improve, they need mindfulness and virtue, virtue to help control the actions of body, speech, and mind, to see the value in patient endurance, the drawbacks of not having patient endurance. So patient endurance is something that one must build. One must build uh, or have faith and build patient endurance. So in the beginning of Dhamma practice, patient endurance is something that one needs a lot of patient endurance with all the various moods and sense impressions that come into the mind. It's the same as an elephant. After the elephant is trained and goes to war, the elephant must patiently endure the contact of all the various weapons and harm that comes to the elephant in the war. So in the same way, the human must have patient endurance with all the moods and sense objects. And so if one does this, then one does not need to cling to all these sense impressions as, as a me, as a mind, as a self. This is if the mind knows clearly, then there's no clinging to things as self. This is something that's possible with mindfulness and wisdom to know the moods that, and sense impressions that enter the mind, to know them in time. However, if there's no mindfulness and wisdom, then the mind will cling and attach to these moods and sense impressions as a self. So we can look at in the beginning, we feel like we don't want anger, we don't want to experience anger. And yet anger enters the mind all the same. We feel this anger. And some individuals may get angry easily, and the anger goes away easily. And others may be of more of a disposition to feel uh, greed and wanting. Others may feel more confused and cloudy-minded. And these are... <coughs> Just a few examples of the various character types that people have. <clears throat> so when the mind feels chaotic in this way, the mind feels like there's no escape. So in this case, one must make the mind peaceful, give rise to wisdom. And with the arising of wisdom, one finds a way out of the situation of, of chaos and confusion. 
For instance, if the mind feels a high level of fear, feels very afraid, and there's no mindfulness, then in this situation one should really try to make the mind peaceful and collected. And if one's able to do this, then the mindfulness can arise to ask the question, what am I really afraid of? And the answer would be death. And with this clear knowing arising, the mind becomes bright and radiant and peaceful. And then the fear goes away. There's no more fear left. And this is being able to, to win over the mood, to succeed and win over the moods that contact the mind. So if there is uh, patient endurance with the proliferation of mind, and this is something that's very helpful, we see that this proliferation of mind just makes for more and more fear. And one sees that the fear does not come from outside of oneself, but the fear comes from one's own mind that proliferates. One may think of things in the present or the future, for instance, dangerous animals or various uh, thought forms about the future, and from this proliferation, fear will arise. So one should train the mind to have mindfulness and collectedness, and train the mind well. In this way, one can overcome all fear. One knows the in-breath and the out-breath, repeating boot with the in-breath and do with the out-breath. As the mind becomes peaceful, then puto vanishes, and mind becomes still and bright. This is a method of uh, cultivating samadhi. So whether one is in the posture of sitting, standing, walking, or lying down, one repeats puto, dhammo, sango. And if one is really thinking a lot, then one can chant the whole itipiso chant, even sawakato and supatipano, these three chants praising the qualities of the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha, make it so that there's no free space in the mind, no open space to have proliferation, to fill the mind with chanting. Then as the mind becomes more peaceful, one can simply repeat Bhutto, Dhammo, Sangho. This is the mind becoming collected. And then when the mind uh, when the chaos in the mind goes away, then the tiredness and achiness of the body can also go away. And this is, uh, this is some of the great benefits of mental collectedness. It's like if one feels very hot on a hot day, and then one takes a shower and drinks water, one feels very refreshed and cool. In the same way, the mind that's collected in samadhi uh, feels cool and refreshed. And this mind that's cool, refreshed, and collected in samadhi it can then contemplate cause and effect. And when the mind understands this clearly, the mind can understand that which is beyond cause and effect, which is emptiness. And one sees that all cause and all effect is simply the story of self, the story of me and mine, you and yours. If one understands clearly, then uh, in order to understand clearly, one must practice the Dhamma. 
So in the beginning one needs a lot of patient endurance. One sees a visual form and one may have liking or disliking. One may have anger arising based on this visual form and the mind feels very hot. So if this is the case, train the mind to do more loving-kindness, to make the mind cool. So one contacts these various sense impressions and based on these sense impressions, greed, aversion or delusion can arise. So look clearly at the present moment and see all as convention. Seeing this clearly, this gives rise to vimuti, gives rise to freedom. And if one has the quality of sila dhamma, virtue, one becomes a beautiful person, a kalyana choni. It's just like a fruit. With a fruit, if one has sila, then this is like a fruit that has a good flavor. Then one with additionally uh, collectedness, samadhi, this is a fruit with a sweet flavor. And then if one also has wisdom, this is a fruit that's even sweeter and that has a, a pleasant aroma as well. This is sila, samadhi, and panya. So one should develop this path of sila, samadhi, and panya. Develop it a lot. Just like a child, a child goes to school, develops in school, and once it's finished school, the, the person goes to work and developing even further, one uh, gets a good job, a better job as well. So in the same way, one should develop in the sila dhamma, in virtue. And one does this not for the sake of uh, external wealth, but one develops this sila dhamma. And one develops it, and it's something that doesn't have to, one doesn't have to lose, it doesn't have to be uh, cut away like external uh, things that one obtains. So we practice samadhi to make the mind empty from all development. The path uh, that we practice makes the mind free from all that which develops. And this is called uh, temporary nibbana. And after the experience of temporary nibbana fades, then one feels the sense of self arise again. One comes back to the sense of self. So given this, one just builds sila again. And this is something that's not wrong, this development of sila, something that's, that's totally correct. And in this developing of sila, we have effort. And we also have effort to let go of our wounds and sense impressions. This is the temporary freedom. However, when the mind uh, has upadana and clings and attaches again, this gives rise to dukkha. So in order to cut off dukkha, one builds wisdom, which is, we can call vipassana. And vipassana with no samadhi, we can call vipassana thinking. It's just thinking, uh, proliferation. So one must stop this excessive proliferation first, develop the mind to become higher, to develop wisdom, increase the knowing. And at the same time, 
one may still feel a sense of self. So practice to keep, to keep the mind in the middle, to not have the mind follow its moods. And practice to control the mind, to keep it within the bounds of virtue. And if one proliferates and follows moods, then one again takes care to train the mind to keep it within the bounds of virtue. And even further than that, taking care to keep the mind uh, collected in samadhi. And one takes good care of the mind to keep it within the realm of samadhi in all four postures, sitting, standing, walking, lying down. One needs to have a lot of mindfulness. So I often teach to chant it to be so, and this uh, is for the sake of helping to have mindfulness all throughout the day. And as the mind becomes more peaceful, then one simply repeats Bhutto, Dhammo, Sangho. And at this point, there's no need to count uh, how many repetitions of the chant one is doing. The mind is peaceful already. The mind feels uh, full of happiness and contentedness. One feels a fullness of heart. The mind is peaceful just with uh, the word Bhutto. The mind becomes still and Bhutto fades away of its own accord. The mind becomes still and knowing arises, clear knowing arises. There's no need to think at this point. One knows that all is empty. This is the arising of wisdom. So one sees this uh, bit by bit, a little bit at a time, to see clearly, to see the Dhamma, just for a short amount of time, just for a quick moment of time, one sees clearly into the truth of nature. And having had this experience, one's faith, one's virtue, one's samadhi, one's effort are very strong and solid and increased. And this is something that a human is capable of achieving, that is capable of doing. And so as humans in this human life, we have a very good opportunity to practice in this way. It's something that we're capable of achieving. So may you all grow in Dhamma.